Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shelf Logic. My name is Sierra. And I'm Danielle. I'm Lexis. And I'm Caroline. And today we are doing something new. We're calling this The Podcast with capital P-O-D. Um, the reason is, is we are the youth services team at Southeast Regional, and we sit in a little group of desks that we call The Pod. So we're doing The Podcast, and we're going to talk about some children's books that we've all read recently um, and just give them some reviews that are kind of fun leading up to summer reading program. Yay. So if anybody has anything to add or wants to go ahead and get started... I'll kick us off. Um, I read I Survived. This is the first time I've ever read an I Survived book, um, despite having seen them for years. Um, And I have always been like a Dear America reader. Like as a kid, I read Dear America books. As an adult, I reread a lot of them and still have like a lot of love and nostalgia for them. Um, So I was like, well, I just never got into the I Survived books as a kid. And I think it's because I was such a diehard Dear America reader. So I wanted to try it as an adult to see if as an adult, I felt differently about that. I did not. Um, (laughs) I read I Survived the Great Molasses Flood, um, 1919 by Lauren Tarshis. Um, And it's about a girl named Carmen who's moved to Boston from Italy. Um, And she and her friends live near this giant molasses tank. And one summer, it gets really hot and the molasses, um, they can hear it like gurgling and kind of boiling inside the tank. And then in a warm spring, like the following spring, it gets so warm that the tank bursts and the molasses floods the streets of Boston. Um, It's a true story, which is interesting, but I felt like the I Survived book didn't go enough into the history of it for me. It was more about like Carmen and her kind of like finding her footing and becoming like kind of her own person in the midst of this like spooky tragedy, Um, which is cool. But I thought that I I felt like Dear America books went more into like the history of the event. Um, They kind of tried to either pick characters or like manipulate a real life person into a character so that it felt like you were kind of embedded in the historical event. And when we learn about the Great Molasses Flood in I Survived, it's just kind of like, and then this scary thing happened. And this girl survived. Yay. Um, The (laughs) the author's note had a lot of detail about the actual historical event. And I was like, well, wait, where was this throughout the book? I, I liked it enough. And I see why kids really like it because it's definitely like... I don't want to say juvenile action-packed without, like, watering it down. It is very action-packed, but it's definitely, like, action-packed appropriate for kids. Um, And it does have, like, it dabbles in the historical um, context of the time and of the event. But I just wanted to know more about the actual flood, and it just didn't really touch on it. Um, So I liked it, and I would probably read another I Survived book, but I still think that... In my adulthood, I am a cemented, diehard Dear America girly. (laughs) I want to read Dear America. I want to read a journal. I want to feel like I'm reading something that I'm not supposed to be. Because, like, my journal's private. You don't read that. (laughs) But, like, this girl survived the Revolutionary War and her journal is left behind to read. So, I don't know. I like I Survived. I'll probably try another one. But this one, I just was like, I want more. I want to know more about this. I totally get that. I read um, the 9-11 I Survived book recently, and 
had slightly different feelings. I was not so much of a Dear America girly growing <laughs> up. I also didn't realize that these existed when we were kids. When you're talking Fresh. about that, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, wait a minute. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't, I didn't know about them until I started working here. So, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I had somewhat similar feelings to it and I appreciated the author's note getting into it. Um, I think that they're just good for different readers. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. definitely. And I think the overlap was <clears throat> not small when we were kids, but I want to say that the first um, I Survived book, this one was published in 2019, The okay. um, uh, Great Molasses Flood, which is kind of cool because it's the hundred, it would have been 100 years since the actual Great oh, Molasses yeah. Flood. Oh, yeah. I want to say the first I Survived book was published in 2004. Okay. And Dear America was like 1999-2000. So okay. there is an overlap in that Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. But if you, <laughs> if you started reading... Um, any kind of like chapter books in like the early 2000s, it's likely that you started with one and kind of missed the other. And I think that's what happened with me. Yeah. I think I I found my first Dear America book in like 2002 Mm -hmm. and just got so embroiled in that. And also it had a really cool ribbon. I mean, the ribbon just makes it. The ribbon really (laughs) seals the deal. Except for if you're in a library, but like if you own the book, it's different. Yeah. 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 Owning it, the ribbon seals the deal. Um, (laughs) If I, if I survived added a ribbon, maybe I'd feel differently. We'll just, we'll just talk to Lauren and her publisher about adding a ribbon. Maybe I'll just buy my own copy and sew a ribbon in. There There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I have never read uh, Dear America, um, but I I have read three I Survived books. Um, One of them, I read the first one. I read the one about um, surviving the Titanic. Um, And that one was fun just because I I don't want to say I know a lot about the Titanic because I've seen the movie. (laughs) But at least this wasn't like an event that I'd never heard of. Um, So it was just kind of a fun, like historical fiction is what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and also being an avid historical fiction reader, um, as an adult, I don't know if I would do this as much as when I was a kid, but like I like to do research on the historical events. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read the I Survived the Shark Attack of 1912? I 19, think you're right. 1912, I think. I think so. Um, and that I had never heard of. So I did do research into it, and I like read actual newspaper like articles about it. And so the book led me to that and I really appreciated it for that so I I enjoy them and like you said I I can definitely see why kids would like them because all three of the ones I read were very action-packed yeah Mm -hmm. yeah definitely a high adventure yeah absolutely they really they make sense Mm -hmm. for for kids to enjoy yeah yeah oh now I'm gonna get you a Dear America book oh okay there we go it has to have a ribbon I do you wrong like that? <laughs> also, since they're diary style, I think the ribbon makes more sense in them than it does in nice That's drive. true. But we'll That's still true. talk to Lauren and her yeah. publisher. We can think about it. Yeah, we can consider it. Okay, I'll go ahead and go next. I read a book called The Bad Guys by Aaron Blabby, which I don't know if that's like his real name or not, but I thought it was really funny considering that he wrote this children's book and it was just really funny. Um, I'm actually going to read the Goodreads description on it just because I feel like it really sums it up really well. Um, It says, they sound like the bad guys, they look like the bad guys, and they even smell like the bad guys. But Mr. Wolf, Mr. Piranha, Mr. Snake, and Mr. Shark are about to change all of that. Mr. Wolf has a daring plan for the bad guy's first good mission. The gang are going to break 200 dogs out of the maximum security city dog pound. Will Operation Dog Pound go smoothly? Will the bad guys become the good guys? And will Mr. Snake please spit out Mr. Piranha? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this was made into a movie recently, I guess. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to that. Um, but this was so cute. I feel like it's like a, 
it's kind of graphic novel style, like in black and white. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love how many pictures and like just the differences in the text, like the fonts and things like that were super fun. Um, and then just the concept, like I've seen this book come in and out so many yeah. times and I've never read it. Super quick read as an adult. Um, and just a fun concept. So it's like Mr. Wolf decides that he's going to be a good guy all of a sudden instead of the big bad wolf blowing houses down and tricking Little Red Riding Hood and things like that. Um, and he's trying to get all these other like traditional bad guys along with him and they go on all these different like little missions to save a cat out of a tree and <laughs> Mr. Wolf is just constantly trying to convince all these other characters like no we need to be good guys we don't eat the cat we don't like, <laughs> we don't do all these things that like we would do if we were bad guys we're here to save the cat um and then yeah at the end they're they're trying to um rescue a whole bunch of dogs out of what they call a maximum security dog prison which <laughs> you know in my mind looks a little bit more like a pound um and they do kind of say that in there as well but it was just a really cute like I don't know, just something different, super easy to read. I it makes sense also why kids really like it because it's a, it's an easy read. Um, this is kind of like a I'd say like a second grade um, like level, um, especially for somebody who really has enjoyed graphic novels and picture books to start making the slow transition into more of a chapter book paragraph style. Um, I think can be really helpful. So the pictures are super fun. They are yeah. super fun. And I love that they're in black and white. Like I, you know, I think that there's a benefit to color photos, but I think the black and white just kind of makes it unique. And they also do um, on each of the bad guys, they do a rap sheet. And I also love <laughs> those. Um, those were just super fun. Some of them are, are really simple, but uh, Mr. Piranha's criminal activity is eating tourists. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just like then Mr. Snake has a whole list. And I don't know. I just think it's really fun, different, something I would have never picked up, but I understand why kids enjoy. Yeah. So. Good, sure. good summer reading book for maybe a little bit more of a reluctant reader. I think it's always a good kind of bridge between medias when you can pick up the book and pick up the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I know the movie's been out long enough that we do have copies of it here at the library. Yeah. So if you have a reluctant reader who's like, maybe, and I mean, there are enough pictures in this book, they don't have to visualize too much, but if they still are reading it and like not feeling like they're fully engaged, like all the yeah. way committed to it, it's nice to pick up the movie, too, to just be like, well, look, how about we finish the book? Yeah. And then we'll watch the movie, and that'll, like, really tie it all together. Yeah. Um, I know. So I, I really like want to pick up the movie because I feel like I, I, I have such mixed feelings often about movies that are made out of books. And so I want to see how true it is to the book. I don't know if maybe, because this is a whole series, yeah. if yeah. maybe they tied a few of the books I into it. Because I don't think that this book itself can probably make an entire movie. Sure. Um, so I, I mean, it could. Who knows? I'm not a movie maker. But um, <laughs> I don't feel like that's the case. So I, I wonder if they're in grayscale in the movie. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, oh. they're, I think they're in um, color. So I feel yeah. like them as the characters should have been grayscale. That would have been fun. That would Everything else around them was in color. All color. Yeah, that would be super cute. It's made by the same studio that does the Minions. So yeah. oh, I feel like for it to okay. not be like... Banana, like hyper, <laughs> hyper colored, yeah. super silly, like yeah. would not be true to DreamWorks. So yeah, yeah fair. I get yeah. it. No, totally. So yeah, cute book. Want to see the movie now? Fun. All right, so I'm gonna go next. Um, for my book that I read, uh, I read a Geronimo Stilton book. 
Um, there are so many Geronimo, Geronimo Stilton books, and I keep seeing them come through, so finally I decided that I wanted to check it out, see what the hype was all about. Um, so I just chose one randomly in the series. I don't think it's necessarily a series that you have to read in a particular order. Yeah. Um, so I picked The Stinky Cheese Vacation, because why wouldn't you want to read about a stinky cheese vacation? <laughs> um, so I'm going to read the book description. Um, it says, each Geronimo Stilton book is fast-paced with lively, full-color art and a unique format for kids 7 to 10. Um, and it says, I, Geronimo Stilton, was finishing up work one evening when I opened a letter from Uncle Stingy Snout. He needed to see me immediately. <laughs> I headed straight to Penny Pincher Castle for what I thought would be a nice visit, but my uncle put me straight to work. Moldy mozzarella, what a terrible vacation. Mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say that the language in that is hilarious? Uh, yeah. Penny Pincher, Penny, Penny, Penny Pincher, Penny whatever. Pincher castle. Castle, that, that was so funny. funny. That Uncle Stingy Snout lives Yes, in. Stingy Snout. Oh. Um, now, at first glance, just kind of looking through the book and flipping through, um, it is, in contrast to what Sierra just talked about, it's very colorful. Um, lots of colorful pictures. There's still a decent amount of text, so I wouldn't say that this is like a graphic novel. Um, I guess, I mean, there are graphics, but this one's more, I feel like the text is is more chunky, like a, yeah. like a book. Um, a lot of the words are in bold and different colors, and um, it looks fun just as a, for a kid. Like, I would think, oh, this is super cool, like super fun. Um, as an adult reading it, though, I was not a fan. Um, the <laughs> words that are bold don't have any rhyme or reason to them. Um, so, like, this one, it says, like, I checked the pressure of the tires, and the word pressure is bold. Like, wh why? I don't, I don't know. Um, the word refrigerator is bold. It, they're not like words that need <laughs> emphasis, which is what I'm used to as an adult. Yeah. So for me, it was more distracting than anything else. Um, I also, as an adult, very much found that Uncle Stingy Snout lives at Penny Pincher Castle to be very funny, punny, entertaining. I don't know that a kid would get that. I don't know yeah. if, if kids necessarily know what penny pinching is and like understand those concepts. And that's kind of a theme throughout. I think there are, like, puns in there that adults would appreciate, but kids, it might go over their head. Um, it kind of makes me think of Shrek. Like, I feel like Shrek was a movie <laughs> with a lot of adult yeah. jokes that are funny that kids just kind of went over their head, but kids still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I, I kind of think um, this book is about. Um, the vocabulary, I think, is a little advanced for kids. Like, for example, it, it uses the word dilapidated. Who knows what that means? Not a third grade, a second grader. Um, I don't think it's bad for kids to be exposed to vocabulary like that. They, and then there's definitely grown-ups that they can ask and they can look it up and learn. So, I mean, there's, there's positives and not so positives. Um, Maybe as a kid, I would have really appreciated it and really enjoyed it. As an adult, I wasn't here for it. Um, I didn't like the message of the book either. Um, Uncle Stingy Stout, Uncle Stingy Snout took advantage of Geronimo Stilton um, and just made him work, work, work for him. Um, and as a reward 
once Geronimo Stilton caught on to his game was to give him a free vacation at a hotel after he literally painted the castle, he did upholstery, he did sewing, he did gardening, he did cooking <laughs> under the ruse that Uncle Stingy Snout was dying, that he was preparing oh. this for his funeral. Um, mm. But also, but it, what he was doing was making it a hotel so Uncle Stingy Snout could make money. And he did all this castle. work and for free. And he did all this work for free. Nice. Um, except he got a nifty free vacation at the end. So it was at kind the of, hotel, though, right? At that the he hotel just that built? he mm-hmm. just did. So it just kind of felt like it's okay to be a doormat and let people run all over you. Just as long as you're generous, you'll get a free vacation. Like I don't know. <laughs> I didn't love it. Didn't love it. But I do understand why kids would like it. It is very fun, very colorful, um, lots of stuff going on. So, and I feel like books like that too, like this level is a really great level to still be reading with your kids as a yeah. grown up. So, obviously, you're not going to read everything with them, but this could be a, an example of one that maybe could be a read aloud with, with kids, and then you could yeah. go and talk about it. Yeah. Instead that's of true. just letting them have it on their own. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's not what everybody's going to do with it, right. but it's a good talking lesson yeah. to talk about. And I would recommend it two kids and parents for kids especially in that seven to ten age range Mm -hmm. um I just will no longer read (laughs) books like this was a one and done for me not for your (laughs) personal enjoyment yes definitely not okay my turn I read Lola Levine is not mean by Monica Brown um I've been describing Lola as sort of a Junie B. Jones-esque kind of character uh she's in second grade she's very silly and sassy And her two favorite things are soccer and writing in her diary. Mm. Um, So in this book, this is the first one in the series, um, her and her classmates are playing a casual game of soccer at recess, but since Lola loves soccer so much, she gets a little too competitive and she accidentally hurts one of her classmates. Mm. Um, So her principal decides that Lola has to sit out of soccer at recess until she can learn to be a little less competitive. Mm. Um, And all of her classmates start calling her mean Lola Oh. Um, so it's a little bit sad, and Lola, she has these really great, this really great family. Her parents are really interesting. Her dad's an artist, and her mom's a journalist. So that's why Lola likes writing so much, mm-hmm. is because her mom is a writer. Um, and then there's sort of this B plot where Lola and her brother, her little brother, are always bickering and teasing each other. Um, but basically, Lola, she has to sit out of soccer at recess for a few days and sort of learn her lesson to not be so competitive at school. And then she writes this really nice note to her principal saying she learned her lesson and she's ready to go back to play with her friends and not be so competitive. Um, so it's really cute. And like um, her parents are, she's Jewish and Peruvian. So there's a lot of like Spanish and Yiddish language that she uses in her diary, which is really oh, cool. That's cool. And like, Um, Lots of cultural references to the food that they eat and the holidays they celebrate. But anyway, she writes this really nice note to her principal saying that she learned her lesson and she's ready to go back to playing with her classmates but not be so competitive at school so she doesn't hurt anybody. And then it sort of wraps up nicely to the B-plot with her brother. They've been sort of bickering throughout the whole book, but then her brother comes to her class, his class comes to her class for like a science project and her brother gets really sick, and so she has to stand up and 
help him and take care of him. So it's sort of this nice moment where she gets her confidence back after being excluded for the whole week from recess. Oh, that's that's cute. cute. Yeah, I like that. I love when, like, books like this just talk about real life for kids. That was Mm -hmm. what I loved as a kid was just, like, all these real-life books. Like, what am I dealing with as a child and trying to figure out? Or what am I seeing my friends go through or things like that? That's so cute. And I love the multicultural aspect of it. I feel like that's so important. Yeah, I love the the combination of Spanish and Yiddish in her her diary. It's It's so cute and well done. And I love that she uses writing as a way to express herself. Mm -hmm. There'll be little diary entries throughout the book, and then she writes notes to her parents when, like, she really wants a kitten, so she's always writing (laughs) these notes and leaving them around the house of, like, telling her parents why she should get a kitten. (laughs) And then, like... I think she needs a kitten. I agree. Let's get this girl a kitten. (laughs) Right, yeah. So I really love this one, and I definitely would read more books in this series. Does this book come with a ribbon? It does not. There's a diary. Oh, well, I was like, we made full circle to the diary. I know. <laughs> I know. I think we need to, we need to contest that all chapter yeah. books need a ribbon. Yeah, yeah. agree. Yes. Built-in bookmark. Absolutely. Here for it. <gasps> That's eco-friendly. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Save the planet. Don't use a paper bookmark. Get a ribbon. Get a ribbon. I love it. Everybody get a ribbon. And just attach it. I love it. Oh, yeah. Look at us saving the planet. We'll write some letters. Books. Yeah. We'll write some letters. <laughs> Emails, actually, because that saves paper, too. It does. There you go. There you go. But we that sounds it. like a super cute book. Yeah, that does I sound like fun. That. Yeah, I would recommend it, especially, like I said, readers who like Junie B. Jones, yeah. who've read all those ones, I think this is a good series to start next. Yeah. And I feel like that's so important for us to have some of those like read-alikes that we can talk about because, yeah, your Junie yeah. B. Jones is a, is a super easy default because we all knew that as kids. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what, you know, has been around forever. And then once you get past that, it's like, well, now what? <laughs> yeah, and it's tough if you're an avid reader because I remember as a kid, I was, I was still a very avid reader, like mm-hmm. was just constantly reading more than one book, was constantly blowing through all the books I was reading mm-hmm. in like a couple of hours. So I read a lot of the Junie B. Jones books that were already out and available when we were kids. Like I was caught all the way up by the time new yeah. books were coming out. And I, because I was an avid reader, I liked reading all these books and I also wanted to keep up with my friends and like what they were reading. So I didn't want to like move past Junie B. Yeah. But I also knew that like my reading level was probably a little beyond Junie B. So it was nice. It was nice to have like, then I moved on to Judy Moody. It was nice to have read alike so that if you blew through a series, if you were like a little bit ahead of your classmates, you could like have something else to turn to. Yeah. So I think I would have liked Lola. Are there any images in it? Like any pictures? There are a few pictures throughout, but I would say it's mostly words. But I think per chapter, there's maybe one full page photo. Okay. That's yeah, cool. mostly words though. I like that though for kids, like especially as they're transitioning into chapter books. I think having some sort of images yeah. is a, a nice transition, mm-hmm. and it really helps. Like if you're like me as a child and have trouble imagining things, hence the reason I was never into fantasy. It's really nice to have something to be able to visualize. Yeah, as you're kind of learning how to do that for sure. So. Well, awesome, you guys. This was so fun. Thank you all so much for joining for the podcast. Listeners, thank you all so much. This has been so fun. Uh, This has been Sierra, Danielle, Alexis, and Caroline. And we will see you next time for another episode of Shelf Logic. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. 
Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.